0: Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs. Where tire buying is easy at GoToDobbs.com. Shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40 plus locations, get same day install for tires. It's Dobbs.
1: For deals, you can use. Click on GoToDobbs.com now.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
2: We'll morning, everyone, and welcome to character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock, The time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carriker, and it's great to have you with us on such a happy morning for sports fans in St. Louis and in America as we celebrate America's... Michelle is already got a dour look as I say we celebrate America's past. I couldn't even help it,
3: Randy. Yeah, my frown turned upside down from zero to 60. I am not in a pleasant mood. Today, and you know why.
2: Baseball is, as Rob Manfred has called it, a disaster. We're going to get to that in a moment. We want to tell you that coming up in the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk some NBA with former NBA executive and ESPN NBA insider Bobby Marks. John Kelly, the voice of the Blues, joins us in the Blues booth today in the 8 o'clock hour, also in the 8 o'clock hour. Bob Nightingale of USA Today, he's got his finger to the pulse of Major League Baseball. And the former Cardinal Jason Marquis, Brad Thompson's teammate on the 2006 World Champions, he will not be happy about the idea that the National League will have a DH officially soon. He was a really good hitter.
3: Yeah, I mean, I imagine some pitchers are upset by that.
2: Yeah, They probably
3: like that opportunity, some
2: of them. Wayno, how much does Wayno love hitting? Absolutely. So that would be no fun for Jason Marquis to play. And, well, he, he doesn't have to worry about playing now because Major League Baseball looks like they're on the skids for 2020. Yesterday, Rob Manfred joined Mike Greenberg on ESPN TV and mentioned that he's not... 100 percent certain that baseball will happen in 2020 and said what he thinks of it
1: it's just a disaster for our game um absolutely no question about it um it, it shouldn't be happening um and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans
2: Well, that's not going to happen unless they get to the table and they consistently negotiate. Last week, Manfred said we're going to play. Yesterday, he said, well, not a guarantee because what happened between his saying we're going to play and then saying we're going to implement a schedule and yesterday is that... the. The players' union came and said, well, we're going to file a grievance, a billion-dollar grievance. And the owners apparently aren't that confident that they would win that grievance, that they, the owners, would be able to win in arbitration. So they're worried about it.
3: And they should be. While I appreciate Manfred's candor, I appreciate him being honest and saying what everyone's thinking when he says this is a disaster. Look in the mirror. You're running this show. If it is a disaster, it is your fault and I have watched this play out in the public eye over the past few months and I've gotten more annoyed and more annoyed and angry and angry and now I'm at the point where I'm just embarrassed I'm embarrassed for all parties involved I look at the opportunity that baseball had and they completely squandered it and I just I look at them and I say this is on you you could not get out of your own way and I'm embarrassed for you
2: especially because of why they're not playing and they could come back to help heal America I on the heels of a pandemic, which, by the way, we're still dealing with. But they turned the pandemic into an argument about money. And now it's only about money. And everybody else is getting ready to come back, or the NFL, in their case, getting ready to start training camp in July. And baseball is going to cancel a season, essentially. At least that's what it looks like right now, because they can't figure out how to, to divide money
3: billions of dollars yeah
2: and ken rosenthal uh, has a new piece up with evan Drellich at the athletic in which he writes that number one the owners don't want to implement a schedule because they fear a grievance and i, I want to get to the second part of that article in a moment but andrew baggerly who covers the giants for the athletic writes the more you fear a grievance the more you're privately acknowledging that you'd lose it have your reckoning mlb owners stamp your papers Sonny, and stop wasting our time. And that's, if you don't want to deal with a grievance, isn't it because you're afraid you'll lose it?
3: Probably. Yeah. One would think, yeah. But I love that phrase, wasting everyone's time. They've wasted everyone's time. We could have had baseball already. How many times has the finish line moved where we said, okay, we're going we're going to have a decision by this. To- How many times, Randy, have we said, this is such a crucial week for Major League Baseball. A decision is going to have to be made this week. And they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. And now they've gotten to the point where both sides are so dug in and they're so far apart. They're not even communicating with one another. And it is such a bad look for them. And as someone, that loves baseball, that has defended baseball, that has given baseball my money, my time, my energy. I just look at them and I think, I I can't defend you anymore, and I don't want to. And I wonder if I feel this way, how other people in St. Louis feel, if they feel this way. If people in St. Louis are feeling this way, baseball is in a bad position nationwide. I can it's tell you It's just a
2: disaster. It is. And that's why we want to hear from you with the Rhino Shield mic drop. And you can do that by just using the free 101 ESPN app. Download that, baby. And we'd love to hear from you throughout the course of the morning. And we will use your mic drops throughout the course of the morning. And you can also send us a text, 65780. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. So, essentially, you're saying here on June sixteenth, two 2020, Michelle Smallman, done with baseball.
3: I, I my head says i want to be done but my heart is also like but i love baseball so much (laughs) and that's why i think i'm so angry because there's such a thin line between love and hate and when you love something you want the best for it and i just i'm watching baseball do this and i want to shake it like Mm. billy madison and be like what are you doing what are you doing everybody thinks you're boring People don't watch your sport as much anymore. They don't gamble on your sport the way they do other sports. You had the perfect opportunity to win favoritism back in America. You could have been the first sport back. You could have been part of the healing process. You could have captured America's attention. You could have gotten people that had jumped off this ship a long time ago back into the boat. And what did you do? You did exactly what you've always done. You did exactly what everyone expected you to do. And I'm embarrassed.
2: And it's... It's like the guy who has the perfect opportunity to steal the heart of the girl, right? Yes, And take her out and make her, have her fall in love with him, but then say, you know what? Let's go to Burger King because I don't want to go to Paul Mano's tonight.
3: You blew it!
2: Totally. Had the opportunity and blew it.
3: Big time blew it. And Showed up late to the date. Yeah. Forgot his wallet.
2: That's the worst, right? Can you pay? I forgot my wallet. Well,
3: I think that certainly applies in this situation. It Somebody sure does. forgot on their wallet. Yeah.
2: So we want to hear from you. And I want to add this in there because. We're we're thinking, okay, this is a fight, and we're going to hear from Jeff Passan in a moment that they still might play this year. But Ken Rosenthal writes in The Athletic this morning, Manfred needs 75% of the owners, 23 of the owners, to move forward with a schedule of his choosing. Whether he has that support at present is unclear. According to one player agent, quote, there are definitely more than eight owners who don't want to play, unquote. So, even if manford wants to implement a schedule even if they decide okay we would win a grievance economically there are enough owners out there that say hey let's just blow it up this year and move on to next year
3: more than eight Mm -hmm. i wonder how close that number is to 15
2: yeah that would be interesting wouldn't it uh and
3: like how close are we to half of these owners not wanting to play is the question? I, I would think we, we
2: probably have a third that don't want to play, but that's all it takes.
3: I wonder, though, if you have more than eight who have gone on the record saying, I don't want to play, that there's, that there's probably about eight that don't want to play, mm-hmm. eight that, that really fence. do, and then there's that gray area. And yeah. I wonder how many of those could say, yeah, I don't really care if we right. don't play. Well,
2: if they play 48 games, spring training lasts 30 games. So you, you play 48 games, you're playing a glorified spring training. Ugh. before you get to your playoffs and and crown a World Series champion. Now, Jeff Passan, who has been very tied in here, but also thought that we would have baseball, just like Rob Manfred, <laughs> said that Manfred said it best. Rob Manfred put it better than I
0: possibly could. It's just a disaster. And the way that this entire thing has unfolded over the last couple of months, ending up here just five days after he said 100% baseball is going to be back, is really the piece de resistance on that disaster.
2: That being said, and it is a disaster with a piece, uh, piece de resistance yes. right, on the, the cherry on top, right? Uh,
3: it literally is. 100% we're going to play players yeah we want to play tell us when and where manfred on national television Eh, i don't know if that's going to happen and (laughs) Passon still believes
2: that both sides are smarter than we think they are i do
0: because it still makes sense that if rob manfred is admitting that we are ready to pay them prorated salaries Then the union is going to come and say, okay, let's set a schedule, let's figure it out. There is posturing going on right now. There is saber rattling going on right now. And when it's all said and done, I would like to believe that both sides recognize that a year without baseball for absolutely no good reason would be the disaster of all disasters for both.
2: It would, but clearly, as Ken Rosenthal wrote, there are enough people out there among the Major League Baseball ownership that don't care.
3: And here's where they lose me. To have Jeff and say, hopefully we would like to think that both sides realize what a disaster this would be if there was no season. We've gotten to the point of no return. You know how many people don't even care if there's a season now? If you truly felt that sentiment, if you truly understood how valuable this season would have been to the longevity of your sport, you would have checked your egos at the door when this whole thing first started. The fact that they didn't, the fact that they leaked all of this information, the fact that they allowed this to play out in the court of public opinion and didn't care the way the fans felt about it, it does not lead me to believe in any way, shape, or form that they realize what they've done.
2: Last night on ESPN, Mike Greenberg talked to six commissioners from sports, including Gary Bettman and Roger Goodell, and the anti-Rob Manfred, who is Adam Silver. You know, a lot of people pointed to the, the financial
0: component of this. And I mean, the incremental difference between, at this point, playing and not playing isn't nearly as great as people think, especially given the enormous expense in putting this on. Really, it's more a sense from the entire NBA community that we have an obligation to try this because the alternative is to stay on the sidelines. And the alternative is to, in essence, give in to this virus. And for us, you know, we feel this is what this is what we do. You know, we put on NBA basketball. We think that for the country, it'll be a respite from Enormous difficulties people are dealing with in their lives right now. And I also think in terms of social justice issues, it'll be an opportunity for NBA players in the greater community to draw attention to these issues. Because the world's attention will be on the NBA in Orlando, Florida, if we're able to pull this off.
3: I just want a slow clap for him. (laughs) I mean, it is... Sometimes being a leader is just saying the right thing. Sometimes being a leader is giving people hope and telling people what they want to hear. And while I totally believe that Adam Silver is genuine and everything that he said, he gets it, he understands, that is what we as sports fans need to hear right now, that you understand how much it has affected us as a country, as a society, to not have something to galvanize around, that we have been dealing with a lot of really heavy stuff. This is the... the. Most disruption we will probably ever face in our lifetimes. And for a lot of people, sports is an escape. And for Adam Silver to come on a national platform and say those things to America, that's exactly what we needed to hear. And bravo to him for getting it.
2: And if you're a baseball player, if you're a baseball owner, and you watched your guy, and then you watched Adam Silver, you said... Why do we have our guy? And baseball owners have to be wondering that. And they have to be wondering if going forward they have the right guy. That's coming your way next with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Bob Manfred is the commissioner of baseball, and this is what he said last Wednesday before the Major League Baseball draft started to Carl Ravitch of ESPN.
1: I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, and I'm not buying into your number of 48, the most important thing is that we play Major League Baseball in 2020, and I can tell you unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball
2: this year. That's Rob Manfred last Wednesday. Yesterday was the following Monday. Five days later, Manfred again on ESPN with Mike Greenberg. Would you
1: describe your feelings as confident that there will still be a season? I'm not confident,
2: Uh, uh, Mike.
1: I I, I think there's real risk. And um, as long as there's no dialogue, that real risk
2: is going to continue. So (laughs) things changed quickly. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Awesome. So does somebody with that level of inconsistency... If you're an owner in baseball, and he represents you, he doesn't represent players, even though he's supposed to be about the best interests of baseball. If you're somebody in charge, granted, he has provided you a lot of revenue, $10.7 billion last year. But if you see that happen, that level of inconsistency over the course of five days, are you concerned that you have the right guy in place?
3: It depends on where I sit. If I'm a player, I sure do. If I'm watching Adam Silver up there saying all the right things and I'm looking at players in the NBA voicing their opinions on social injustice and knowing that if they bring something to Adam Silver, that he's going to hear them out and that they can collaborate. and and Whatever issue there is, Adam Silver is going to find a situation that's best for not only the players, but best for the sport in general. So if I'm a baseball player, I'm looking at Rob Manfred and I'm going, really? But if I'm an owner, I don't wonder if this is part of the owner's playbook. If they told Manfred, hey, go out there and say there might be a season. If this is still some sort of a maneuver by the owners and Manfred to sell some- ...somehow force the players to look bad. When I was watching this last night, I wondered, I go, is this still part of their tactic to try and paint the players out to be the bad guys here? Because if so, this is still, again, I always do this word, this is gross. It's gross that you're doing this. And the problem
2: that I have with it is that you're alienating your fans. You're alienating your customers. The reason that you have that $10.7 billion, to put it in old-timey terms, you're literally killing the golden goose. The goose that lays the golden eggs you're literally killing that by doing what he's doing. It's not that they're not playing, it's their obstinate attitude about not playing. Mm-hmm. If if this they would be so much smarter to say we have real concerns about COVID-19 and we want to protect everybody in our industry and that's why we don't have a deal yet. But the fact that this turned into an argument about money couldn't be more distasteful to
3: fans. It normally wouldn't be distasteful, but especially now. Yeah. I always say this, read the room. Baseball, look around at America, read the room. Do you really think that you putting away the health and safety portion of of you returning to play and focusing on money and a fight about money is going to... To play well with, with sports fans in America, you could not have thought this through. You couldn't have. And I just wonder, who in, the, in this room has any ounce of common sense? Does anyone not have any that, common sense? Not in that
2: room. And to his credit, as a broadcaster who listens and is a good interviewer, Mike Greenberg asked Rob Manfred, well, what, what, what happened? <laughs> so if you were 100% last week and you feel less certain, what percentage do we feel now?
1: You know, Mike, I do learn as I go along, um, given how long my 100% prediction lasted, I'm not going to handicap it again, but it's something less than 100,
2: that's for sure. And if you want to hear somebody that's completely disingenuous, here's Manfred on what's happening.
1: I understand that the players were frustrated by the lack of progress on the monetary issue, but this is about a lot more than money. Uh, We need an agreement with the MLBPA um, on health and safety protocols in order to put the game back on the field safely. And even more important, um, we need a commitment from the players that they can abide by those health protocols. And given the course uh, of the virus and what's going on right now around the country, those health protocols are absolutely crucial. And we're only going to get there with dialogue that the unions apparently not prepared to have right now.
2: As was so famously noted in a State of the Union address a few years ago in our nation's capital. You lie! <laughs> <laughs> because there is no truth whatsoever to what he just said. The, the reason that there's a hold up right now, we all know it. Come on, don't think we're idiots. It's all about money. It's not about protocols and it's not about covid-19 protection it's not about your players that stuff is easy for you guys the difficult part is money and it's hey we aren't offended we're all adults here just tell us it's just admit hey we aren't agreeing on money
3: yes i also wonder when people lie like that how confident they are like to go out there and that forum and lie like that you must be so lacking such self-awareness and not thinking that you're going to get caught in this lie was in a split second the mlba puts out a statement saying we are disgusted by what he said um you know him saying that the delayed progress on health and safety protocols is completely false why i just never understand how people think they can lie and not get caught that no one is going to point out the fact that they're lying and this was immediate it's just you think that this is the person leading this charge. He is the one that is supposed to be getting this deal done. He is in charge of this sport. And his strategy was to come out there and lie about this. I just, I can't, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around how stupid it is.
2: We appreciate your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Here are a few from the 314. Guys, all the owners care about is money. They don't want to lose as much as one penny. They never have. It doesn't matter if it's during a pandemic or normal times. And one thing about billionaires is that they don't lose money. They uh, they don't, well, we saw it here with our football owner, didn't mm-hmm, we? Mm-hmm. They don't like to no. uh, provide a lot for their community, and it's not about breaking even for them. It's not about doing what's best for their country. It is about them making a buck. And not to completely dismiss the players being wanting 100% of their per-game salary, despite the fact that 40% of the revenue generated by baseball isn't going to be there. But right now we're focused on Rob Manfred, and he is protecting the finances of his owners.
3: Sure, in a short-sighted fashion. Mm -hmm. And this is what another thing. I cannot wrap my head around it. If you are so concerned about losing money and you're such a successful business person, don't you think you would be looking at the long-term effects of this? Yes, you might win these negotiations or you might save some money right now or your financial situation right now might look a a certain way. But what about projections? What about the the long-term ripple effect this is going to have on fandom in your sport? Yeah, it's... That's going to affect your pockets, too.
2: And whether it's people that completely disengage or that person that used to go to 10 games that will now go to two, it... It is going to affect you. You aren't going to gain any fans Mm -mm. because of what's going on right now.
3: Yeah, no one's out there saying, you know what? I was kind of on the fence about baseball before, but these negotiations has really made me all in. (laughs) I am all in on baseball right now.
2: (laughs) Other texts from the 314, not defending either side, but if baseball is a business, what business has to have a guaranteed profit every year? None. Owning a business is a gamble. That's exactly right. Uh, From the 636, I don't think baseball understands that we've all been forced to find other things to do i love baseball i'll miss baseball and now i'm off to my other interests along those lines i won't stop being a cards fan i have too much history and love for them however this will be an issue for years in the future when the mls comes to stl guess what maybe i'll spend my money there choose between the muni and a cards game might choose the muni now i think that'll be the issue for mlb going forward
3: they're gonna have a lot of issues to deal with i even think about us randy If you would have told us three months ago, hey, you're going to have to work from home a lot. And all of these things in your life are going to have to change. The way you go about things, your consumption habits, the way you communicate with people is going to have to change. The way you socialize with people is going to have to change. I would have said, I don't think we can adapt to this. That's going to be crazy. But then you live it and guess what? We are malleable and we adapt. And I think a lot of people over the past couple months have changed the way that they view what's important. And they've changed the way that they view what they're going to spend their time and energy on. And we have, in some ways, yes, we miss sports, but the longer this has gone on, we've gotten used to it. It doesn't sting as much as it used to. It doesn't sting as much as it did in March and early April. And the race to come back first is a real thing. Because whatever captures America America's attention first is going to be something that we stick with. Totally. Because we change our consumption habits. And the fact that baseball can't see that is... <sighs> I'm kind of at a loss for words. I'm almost mad that we've talked this much about them because they don't deserve it.
2: You are the only one from the three one four. I get that you have airtime to fill, but the continual beating on Major League Baseball is just getting boring. Well, here we are. You're from the three one four. We are in the three one four. We are we are in the best baseball town in America, Mm -hmm. and we were told last Friday that unequivocally there would, or last Wednesday that there would be unequivocally baseball for us, the best baseball town in America in 2020. Less than 24 hours ago, we were told, well, we're not so sure that the best baseball town in America is going to see a single game in 2020. That's why we're talking about it. It's a huge story nationally, but specifically here in St. Louis, where the passion for and concern for the sport is greater than it is anywhere else in the country.
3: Anywhere else. And I think that this is a really important testing ground. St. Louis is kind of the science experiment because if you were to pull, if you were to go to Schnucks and pull people in the grocery store, are you done with baseball? Yes or no. Simple yes or no. I wonder what the percentage percentages would be and I would not be surprised if they're 50-50. And if 50% of the baseball fans in America are so frustrated and angry or apathetic at this point, that they would even speak the words, I'm done with baseball, then you've got a real problem across the United States of America.
2: So we want to hear from you because we're doing a little science experiment this morning. Are you done with baseball? It's that simple. And if you'd like to leave us a mic drop, you can tell us why or why not. And you can, of course, send us a text, 65780, on the Air uh, Comfort Service text line. You can also tweet Michelle and I. as you, you want to put a poll up on the Twitter machine? Sure. We'll do, do right that. Uh, and you can use Michelle's Twitter, at m Smallman. My Twitter, I'll retweet it, at uh, Randy Carricker, And, of course, Michelle on the the Insta is at Smallman, uh, and I'm at Randy Carriker on on... Uh, Um, Or RJ character That's what I am. On the Insta. On the Gram. On the Gram, yeah.
3: So, Randy, what about this poll? Are you done with baseball? Yes or no? Simple. Done. Tweeted. Done.
2: Going to talk some NBA with uh, ESPN's NBA front office insider Bobby Marks next on 101 ESPN. With michelle smallman i'm randy Carricker. great to have you with us on character and smallman on 101 espn in st louis and great to head to the brown and crouppen celebrity line to talk to some nba with espn's nba insider former nba front office executive bobby marks bobby thanks so much for taking some time with us today on 101 espn how are you doing um good good morning how are you Everything's great here in St. Louis. We want to start with this because uh, we're talking about the special last night with all the commissioners on ESPN. And again, Adam Silver showed himself to be on top of the game. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, at least publicly, the the best commissioner in sports. And I wanted to get your view as an NBA, a longtime NBA executive who worked with Adam Silver, not... Only as commissioner, but before he became commissioner, is what we see real with Adam Silver? Is he that impressive? Yeah, I think I think what you saw, what you've seen with the commissioner, is that
0: he's honest and he's upfront, um, and he makes you know the players feel part of uh, the process. Um, he's made the players feel part of the process since this season was postponed in in mid March. Every conference call that he's had has involved players um there's no surprises you know although maybe some were surprised about this campus environment um it's been well known as far as what players were would be getting themselves into and i think i think the commissioner hit it right on the head last night when he said this is not for everyone right this is going to be this is not the ideal situation there is no perfect situation it's going to be and uncomfortable, you know, for some players, three months, possibly, if you get to you get to an NBA finals and then we've got to turn it around and, um, you know, start training camp in November and, and then the season again in December. Where just based on the circumstances. This is kind of the, the world we're living in. But, yeah, I think I think what you saw last night and what you've seen for, from uh, from the commissioner is, um, you know, it's not it's not an act here.
3: Bobby, we are seeing a lot of players expressing concerns that if the NBA does restart the season, um, that it's going to take the light off of the Black Lives Matter movement and the social injustice and the progress that needs to be made in this country. Do you think that the season is in real jeopardy of not happening because of these players' concerns?
0: I don't know about jeopardy, but I think it's, a, it's something that wasn't brought up you know, a week or two ago. Um, that, um, you know, the concerns of the players This is something that's come to light, I guess, you know, I guess Thursday and and Friday with, you know, with Kyrie and I guess Dwight Howard with their, with their conference call. I I think there is, I mean, there's so many ways that they can shine a light on it. You know, certainly playing um, helps being on that, that spotlight, Um, being in Orlando, you know, especially what's going on with baseball right now that, you know, it's really the only sport um, in town. Certainly WNBA will be, Going on here, and um, I think you have to remember too that um, there's eight teams that are not going to be playing. Um, there's a hundred plus players at home um, that can kind of um, you know pick it up where you know the, the players in our Orlando are going to be, and they're all not going to be there for three months. You know, there's teams like you know certainly um, you know Brooklyn could be done playing by um, by, by mid uh, mid uh, August, and Kyrie's hurt, and so Kyrie probably won't even be in, in Orlando, so. I just think that, yeah, yes, there's an economic, certainly an economic loss here. But I think for the players to play and to take the money they earn and to divest it into um, into the communities and to put a, you know, there's you can still protest if you're in Orlando, but it's just going to be in a a, a different light. Um, So I do think I don't think it's in in jeopardy, but I think it's something that the players in the um, in the NBA are going to have to probably work through.
3: Bobby Patrick Beverly tweeted what I think a lot of people were thinking, and it's hey, all of these players can say what they want, but if LeBron says he's playing, <laughs> we're all playing. Do you think it's as simple as that? We know LeBron wields a lot of power, but it, is it as simple as if LeBron is playing, everybody else is playing too?
0: It might. <laughs> I, I wish I had that much power. I really <laughs> did, but yeah, I mean, you, you see the you know the heavy hitters, you know, with um, you know LeBron and uh, Paul George, Kawhi, Giannis. Um, you know players like that, um, James Harden. You know certainly Russell Westbrook. Um, you know I don't believe those guys were on that call on Friday. So, um, and I think where, 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 you know, where LeBron's coming from is that he can protest and he can divert his money in a lot of different ways, and it doesn't have to be sitting home in, in Los Angeles and letting letting the season kind of go by here. So yeah, I think I think I, I think certainly if LeBron came out and said I'm not playing, I think that would probably you know put the attention a little bit higher than probably what it what it is right now and yes he does have um he does have a lot of power when in when in that regard
2: and, and in regards to the, the Friday call with Kyrie he's exceptionally bright but he's also mercurial this is a guy that's spent a large part of part of his career saying the earth was flat so how much <laughs> weight does his opinion carry with players we talk about lebron but what about kyrie
0: well, I, I think the interesting thing with Kyrie is that um, first he's the vice president, one of the vice presidents of the Players Association. Um, he has been on all the calls. Um, he was on the call, and, and I've, I've listened to the transcripts from a month ago when the commissioner first addressed the players about kind of the economic fallout. He asked questions, good questions on the call. He was on the call um, two weeks ago when they made the vote. He actually made a vote, he made the vote for Brooklyn. Um, he asked limited questions there. And then all of a sudden we've kind of done a 360 here as far as, um, what we saw last, last Friday. So that's, I, I don't, um, I think Kyrie Irving has the right to voice his opinion. I think he has the right to do whatever he chooses from a social justice standpoint. for. I think we should applaud him. I think probably my, 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 where I'm curious about is, and what I would probably want to ask Kyrie is that why all of a sudden the change when these issues were, you know, we're, we're facing the league um, and the players um, a week ago or, or two weeks ago. And I think, I think a lot of it too, is that, you know, there's 450 players in the NBA and there were 80 players on the call and all player all, all those players were, um, were invited. So um, the Esther is a, you know, a faction of players, you know, certainly Kyrie and, um, and Avery Bradley and, and Dwight Howard that, um we don't know if the you know Kyrie's hurt but we don't know if the, the other two will play i think we're kind of just in that that wait and see mode but i think i think where Kyrie you know gets the you know the reputation is that there's a track record there i mean there's a track record in cleveland there's a track record in boston there's a track record even in that short time in in uh, in, in brooklyn and he probably doesn't get the benefit of the doubt that maybe another player would
2: espn NBA front office insider Bobby Marks with us on 101 ESPN and Bobby we want to touch on some real basketball because even though we aren't in NBA town we have Patrick McCaw he went to high school here obviously Bradley Beal and Tatum Beal got the contract last year what do you think happens with the contract situation of Jason Tatum
0: yeah I think it's pretty easy I <laughs> of on i I just uh, telling them to say what number do you want <laughs> you know <laughs> up to what we can pay you i mean i think the the growth in jason from you know when he came into the league and where he is um right now in in year 3 and yes, he's up for that um he's up for an extension um i guess it's not even the summer anymore it's going to be the fall um and i think he'll get a max number which is you know you're probably looking at a 170 million possibly based on what the salary cap is going to be but yeah i mean he's a He's getting there, up there to that franchise level player. You know, he's already an all-star here, and I think you saw the growth in his his game where um, he's really developed into kind of almost the face of uh, the face of the franchise in Boston.
2: Kevin Harlan was on with us several months ago during the season. He was getting ready to do a Boston game, and Kevin said that he thinks that. Tatum is one of the top five two-way players, both ends of the court in the NBA. I know this is right off the top of your head, but w- would you rank him top five, top ten in that regard at both ends of the floor?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with the big thing with with uh, with Jason is that although he went on that stretch, you know, of games where you know he was producing at such a high clip, it's you know, if you're not making shots and and if you're not scoring kind of what I always say, what keeps you on the court? And I think, you know, from him, from a defensive standpoint, I think he can guard five positions here um, based on based on his length. So yeah, I do. I do think he'll probably, we'll probably see his name. um, Yeah. I don't know if we'll see his name on all NBA, but we'll probably see it on one of the all defensive teams because he is that good. And I think he's only going to get, he's only going to get better. I think what we see in Orlando um, based on how far Boston goes you know I think you know we'll determine a lot as far as where this where the Celtics team can go
2: Bobby marks thanks so much for the time and once we do get going in Orlando we'd love to have you on again once we're actually playing games in the NBA and we, we can talk about that sounds good I appreciate it. thank you thank you Bobby Bobby marks NBA's front office insider uh, on ESPN joining us here with Car and Smallman.
3: If baseball continues down this path, this could be a Blues Hockey and a Jason Tatum show.
2: (laughs) You are totally right. And let's not leave Brad Beal, man. He he had an awesome year. But, yeah, those could be our focal points, no doubt about it. Absolutely. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Hey, get your text in now to the Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. We're going to play a game of Take It or Leave It. Tioli is next on 101 ESPN.
1: Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
2: The fight is at 8.30. If you'd like to participate, text the word fight to 65780, and we will randomly pick out a participant for today's fight at 8.30. We also have a poll up on Twitter. Michelle, what are the results so far?
3: So the question, Randy, is pretty simple. Are you done with baseball? And in about 10 minutes, we have 650 votes, and it's almost an even 50-50 split. 46% of people saying yes, 53% saying no.
2: Wow. So we want you to vote. Just go to uh, the Twitter page of Michelle Smallman, at M Smallman. I've retweeted it, at Randy Carricker, and it's on the 101 ESPN Twitter page as well. And get your vote in. Are you done with baseball? And that is at Twitter right now. For Take
4: It or Leave It, here's Colin Surrey. Now, this might sound like a typo when I first read it, but this is supposed to be a Portland man, not a Florida man, <laughs> who was sentenced to a six, year, six years in prison this week after shooting himself in the groin, then lying to police, saying it was a homeless man that both shot and robbed him. This guy deserves more time in jail for having such a bad story to explain why he had been shot. Take It or Leave It. I think he got enough punishment by getting shot in the groin. <laughs> Ow.
2: But even though he shot himself, that hurts. I wonder if he was wearing sweats and in a club.
3: I was just going to go there, Randy. <laughs> just going to go there.
2: But to blame a homeless man is beyond the pale. So, yes, I think he deserves more than six years in the clink.
3: I was going to say, I thought Plexico lived in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Portland. Didn't I read this headline a couple no. years ago? Um you know what? I'm going to leave it, too, even though I think it's a super lame lie. Imagine being that guy in that moment. You just shot yourself in the leg, in the groin. Oh. You don't want to say, hey, I did this to myself. Yeah. It was an accident. It's called
2: exacerbating the problem.
3: <laughs> <laughs> kind of embarrassing. And, I mean, six years is a pretty long time. So I think he, uh, the punishment does fit the crime John
2: here. Wayne Bobbitt's excuse was a lot better
3: was his excuse? Lorena. Uh, (laughs) You know, but from what I hear, he was not a good guy.
2: I I guess not. She didn't think so.
3: No, she was fed up with him. (laughs) She took matters into her own hands, Randy.
2: Literally. (laughs) Literally. Oh, she had that in her hand. (laughs) Oh, that matter was gone. They had to put it in a cooler
4: (laughs) to to reattach it. This one from the 314 on the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Take it or leave it. Tatum is better than Beale, our texter personally believes that Beale is the better player.
2: Bradley is a better scorer. But I think if you took the all-around game, like Bobby Mark said, if you watch Jason Tatum, he can defend every position on the court. And I think that's what makes him a better all-around mm-hmm. player. But you're you'd take either of them because they're both sensational.
3: I would love to see Beal on a different team. I would, too. And then I think this conversation would really have legs because I think that he's been put in a position where, while he's great, he has not been able to flourish the way that I would like to see him flourish. So, I, I, I just right now I'm going to go with Tatum, but with the caveat that I wish I saw Bradley Beal on a more effective team.
2: And he needs to be at a place where the players around him, a, a good team, because obviously he's able to score, mm-hmm. but he needs to be on a good team where... The people that are he's playing with are willing to share the basketball. He 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 can't he's gotta be unleashed. He can't be a guy that is held down by
4: a John Wall
2: type player.
4: Sure. From the 636, take it or leave it, a successful return for the NHL will provide a huge boost for their long-term viewership.
3: Oh, I'm taking that a thousand percent. I can't understand why hockey isn't more popular in America anyway. It's got the best playoffs, it's fast it's physical it's fun hockey players are the best yep they are so media friendly and they're just really fun and interesting dudes you, they're guys that you want to root for and i think that when hockey is in more of um the national view because everyone's so excited that sp- that team sports period is back there's a lot of people that haven't been paying attention to hockey that are going to be hooked
2: I'm going to leave it only because of the timing, because they're going to be competing with the NBA, and the NBA is going to be on ESPN and TNT, and they're going to be competing with the start of football and the start of the NFL preseason where you'll have games on Thursdays and Saturdays. I I think if they were the only sport in town and people were able to get hooked, that would be different, but because they're going to be on... NBC Sports Network and the local sports networks, I don't think that they're going to get the bump that we would have hoped if they were the only show in town.
4: This one from the 636. Take it or leave it. It's easier to just get along with each other than it is to not get along. For me, I'll take that, yeah.
3: Take it. Hating hating someone or something takes a lot of energy. It does. Too much. Too much energy. And yeah, we're lovers, not fighters.
2: Right. That was always... eh. And we're going to talk coming up about uh, my conversation with Chris Long yesterday. But Barry Bonds was such a jerk. And I remember one other player, a a Cardinal player at the time, saying it's amazing because it takes so much more effort to be a jerk than it does to be nice. It
3: really does. You have to wake up every day and consciously be a jerk.
2: Right. And he, I guess he was kind of the natural Barry Bonds was in that regard. Because, man, he was he a jerk? <laughs> he, there was not much effort exhibited by him to be a jerk.
3: He was just inherently a jerk. Yeah. Maybe he didn't even consciously make the decision.
2: Right, exactly.
4: Do-do, yeah.
2: He...
4: <laughs> ESPN is reporting that Kyle Shanahan has signed a six-year extension with the 49ers that will make him one of the top five highest-paid coaches in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan is the best coach in the NFC West. Take it or leave it.
2: Mm. he's better than ryan (laughs) seacrest yeah he's better than uh kingsbury is he better than pete carroll i'm gonna say no i'm gonna leave it
3: took the words right out of my mouth no i think pete carroll still wears the crown in the nfc west but kyle shanahan nipping at his heels
2: and our friend nick wagner who covers him on a daily basis loves kyle shanahan not only because of What a good guy he is, but in terms of his creativity and his football acumen, he literally grew up on sidelines with
4: his dad, Mike Shanahan. He's really good. From the 314, the Blues own St. Louis right now. Take it or leave it. Totally take it. Take it. They're the champions. I I was going to
3: say, they've got the trophy, right? They've got the hardware. The last really pure, great moment that we had in sports was with the Blues taking it. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: A video of Lamar Jackson playing pickup football on the beach was making rounds on the Internet yesterday, and at the end of the video, he accidentally ran into the water and tripped headfirst over a jet ski. Lamar Jackson needs to chill out a little bit. America needs him this fall. If we can't have baseball, at least give us a healthy Lamar Jackson. Take it or leave it.
2: I totally have to take this. This was scary from a different perspective for me, Michelle, because there was a Patriots running back named Robert Hampton who won the Rookie of the Year probably 20 years ago. And the NFL used to have uh, beach flag football game before the Pro Bowl, and Hampton tore up his knee. And after his rookie year, he was never good again. He, he his career was ruined by playing football on the beach. So I am totally going to take this it, that Lamar Jackson needs to avoid anything that happens on beaches besides just laying on them. He can't be doing any fun activity on beaches. No Sorry,
3: lot. I don't want to see him out on the beach running and playing football. I'm taking this as well. Do you ever see the movie Little Giants, where the one little kid is wrapped in bubble wrap protect Lamar at all costs Wrap wrap him in bubble wrap I'm so frustrated with the state of sports right now that any player or any team that brings me joy, wrap him in bubble wrap because we cannot afford to potentially lose Lamar Jackson this fall, we need him
4: so we've got one more that we need to get to before the break here there is a girl on TikTok TikTok named Your Puppy Girl Jenna, and she's gaining some popularity by walking around in public on all fours, fully acting like a dog, not a human being. The emergence of TikTok has been an unfortunate consequence of the pandemic. Take it or leave it.
2: Do we have any idea how old this young lady is? Gotta find out. Like, is she a kid? Do we know, or is she in her 30s? Let's take a look. Uh, I... Because at first blush for me, TikTok is not a bad thing. But if TikTok has caused a 35 year old woman to act like a dog in public, then I think there are.
3: Randy, I'm looking at her. She issues. is, she's not a teenager.
2: Okay. So uh, then I will take the TikTok bad for society.
3: I'm taking it. I can't understand TikTok social media is a part of our daily lives i don't understand the allure of tiktok it's generally people just doing the same dances over and over Uh and over again i don't understand why someone would want to be a puppy girl acting like a dog for tiktok i just it's one of those things that i don't really understand and i don't find entertaining so yeah i'm gonna just say an unfortunate consequence of the pandemic tiktok definitely taking it
2: but better for puppy girl jenna Puppy girl Jenna. Your
3: puppy girl Jenna. Your puppy girl Jenna. Your puppy girl Jenna.
2: Better for her to be your puppy girl Jenna than your cat girl Jenna.
3: Well, Carol Baskin already t- takes that crown,
2: right? This That's true, yeah. <laughs> hey there, you cool cats and hit
3: kittens. <laughs> Carol Baskin.
2: <laughs> thanks, Colin. Thank you. Hey, thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line at 65780. Next up, baseball's problems might not end with their collective bargaining right now. We're going to talk about that. And uh, I had a chance to talk to our good friend Chris Long yesterday. And uh, Michelle was shocked by something I said. That's next on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.